discussing theological truths for biblical living, reviewing featured coffee roast and premium brewing techniques. This is the Caffeinated Theology Podcast, bringing you biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. All right, welcome. Caffeinated Theology, season number three, episode two. Uh, Today's topic, we further uh, the discussion on the Holy Spirit, but I thought we would do something a little bit interesting before we begin uh, to get into some of the nuts and bolts of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, and I was was kind of reading through a few articles this morning um, online, just, uh, you know, sometimes I get different articles from um, Christ-centered, uh, you know, entities or whatever. And one particular article kind of came up, and that was nine popular unbiblical statements uh, that Bible-loving, uh, Christ-honoring people believe sometimes. I mean, just unbiblical things that kind of come to mind. And I just want to walk through a few of these. I think it would uh, do us well. Uh, to 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 just kind of think about they're they're comical and yet it is very it's the testimony as to why we are doing the podcast and it and some of these are just kind of off the wall. What 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 grabbed your attention from that article? Oh well, I mean I've heard every one of these uh, mm-hmm. and and some that aren't on here. Maybe at the after we go through, let's see, what are there? Nine There's of them. Nine, nine of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do one or two we have heard that aren't on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the we've talked about this really through the entirety of this podcast is the lack of care or desire to know and study the scriptures mm-hmm. to know what we believe. And that's where a lot of this comes from. Yeah, um, I talk about this with our students a lot, um, about how, as a pastor, um, I've heard so many people over the years make statements about God where I'm like, you got that out of a movie, mm-hmm. or you got that from mm-hmm. this TV show, yeah. and not from the scripture, or from pop culture, just a pop culture belief um, about uh <laughs> About God, and, you know, I think of one of the ones that you know. This is kind of before my time and um, before your time, but uh, was it? It's a Wonderful Life with the angel getting his wings and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. with the bell um, in the movie. But uh, just you know, things like that that are you know kind of entrenched in culture mm-hmm. are where a lot of these come from, right. and uh, it's it, that's why it's important to mm-hmm. know the scriptures, know what we believe. Right. You know, we're not. We're not saying that uh, every Christ follower should uh, be able to say, if you come to them and say, what does uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 17 say? Mm-hmm. We're not saying you should be able to spout, know the scripture like that. I mean, that'd be awesome. But uh, we we all, as Christ followers, need to be able to have a, gr- a good theological grasp on mm-hmm. uh, on what the Word says yeah. and teaches and, and not just let culture dictate what we mm-hmm. think about God. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, sharing with your students, and um, I, w- I was encouraged to just hear the amount of of students and young students uh, who have been tuning in to the podcast. And so I'm going to do a, just a quick shout-out to a few of those who will be listening. Uh, Blake is one. Um, 
um, Berkeley, yeah, and Weston. Yeah. So you guys, thanks for listening in. Share with your friends, and we're glad that you are digging into the nuts and bolts of of the faith, and you know, and investing in you know why you believe what you believe, and so I think it's so important. So, shout out to you guys um, for for tuning in. One thing that kind of comes to mind is this idea that God wants us to be happy. Um, and it is invasive in our culture where uh, our happiness is is the pinnacle of, of existence for us. And you, you find it on television shows, and I'll never forget, I, was, I wasn't necessarily watching, but it was a TV show on, and I was kind of in the background, and something caught my attention. This lady was having a hard time in her marriage, and her friend was kind of counseling her and said, you need to leave him, whatever makes you happy. And sometimes that mentality, I think, seeps into the life of the church. I can't find it anywhere in in the Word of God where God wants us to be happy, but He does want us to have joy and be content in Him. Now, this idea that that the Lord is a, a spiritual genie is, I think it is far-fetched and it is can you imagine the early church with this mentality that, that God is some type of genie awaiting on our request, and he wants us to be happy? I think the, what Scripture teaches us time and again is God wants us to have joy in him and any hardships and trials and tribulations that we have. If, if anything, God brings us through those. Well, yeah, and Jesus himself said that uh, you will suffer. Uh, mm-hmm. John sixteen thirty three. Mm-hmm. He says, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, right. but take heart; I've overcome the world." And mm-hmm. I, this idea of God wants me to be happy, um, I think that you know it's kind of anti gospel almost. Yeah. Um, you know, not saying that the Christian life is a life full of sorrow. Um, no, uh, the Christian life is a life of joy. Um, like you can experience mm-hmm. um, outside of Christ, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have time where we suffer for um, taking a stand on our faith. We're going to have times of just hardship. Yeah. We're going to have times where we experience the effect of sin on the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of my favorite verses, John 10, 10, uh, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, mm-hmm. and destroy. Mm-hmm. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to always go just like we want it and we're going to be mm-hmm. super happy. Right. But it does mean that whatever we experience, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a joy. Um, as the Bible says, that passes understanding of those who are outside right. of faith. You know, I had, I've had people before. Um, the one that always comes to mind for me um, was when Tyler... My son had heart surgery when he was five, mm-hmm. and we just had a, a peace. You know, I mean, yeah, we were nervous, uh, but we had a peace, and, mm-hmm. and we had several people ask us, "How are you so calm?" And you know, we could only give credit to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew whatever happened that God was with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm not saying that to take credit for myself. Um, myself, I should have been a wreck. But it was just through you know through the blessing yeah. of the oh, Lord yeah. that that He gave uh, me and Tracy a mm-hmm. a peace during all of that that yeah. we really couldn't explain right. other than giving credit to the Lord. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads into this idea of the question. I mean, this is kind of a prevalent question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And sometimes people who are not necessarily believers, maybe they're antagonistic to the gospel, will use this and say this is a defeater to Christianity. And without getting into the, the premises of, you know, a good and merciful and, and a benevolent God, um, without getting in, into all of that, it's, by the way, that's, um, that is something called theodicy. That is a defending God in the sense of suffering and evil in the world. But the, I think the question that we have to ask is, well, who is good? Yeah. Okay. The Bible over and again, there's none good, no, not one. All right. So aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so was a good person. Uh, well, they could have been a good person, but separated from Christ, you know, there's still eternal judgment there. Yeah. There's two ways to kind of, you can go with that. Uh, who was it that said, I, mean, I think it was a famous preacher or theologian that responded to that was, well, that only happened once. Uh, <clears throat> you know, bad things happening to good people. That only happened once, referring to Christ on the cross. Yeah. Um, who I, said, do you know who I, I said think, that? I, I believe that, no, I can't remember. I want to say RC, but. I'll, I'll look it up and can't remember, it'll flash can't remember. on the yeah. screen. Um, but the other way you can go with that also uh, is we we experience the the curse of sin on the world. Um, you know, there are a lot of times that bad things happen to people that are not of their doing. Um, you know, we're affected um, every day by the sin of, of the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just part of living in a fallen world. And when you think through it with that lens, with a gospel lens, it shows us the brokenness of the world. It shows us how our own sin affects others. Um, you know, our call to holiness as, as Christ followers, um, you know, when we are disobedient, that affects um, those around us as well, even if we think it doesn't. And, you know, so that's another way you can go with this, uh, mm -hmm. the question of why the bad things yeah. happen to good people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we, I mean, we can dedicate a whole podcast to this. The, um, you know, the, the idea uh, that... The world we live in is the best of all possible worlds, meaning that God ha God knows every situation, every aspect of lives that have played out. He's seen every since every millions or billions of scenarios, and this is the best of all possible worlds. Why? To give glory to Himself and for the purpose of His Son and. I mean, that's a concept that's hard for us to understand, um, especially in a very narcissistic culture. And sadly, that kind of stuff does creep into the church. Um, and so we, even we start, why, Lord? You know, why do these things happen? I'm a good person. I've tithed every week. and But we do have some people. I know some people in our community who are going through some tough things. And, and I th one thing that has kind of stuck out uh, going to the men's conference, one of the um, preachers one year was talking about how um, we learn how to live well for Christ, but we also need to learn how to die well in Him. And so part of that suffering is to demonstrate Jesus 
And so bad things happen to good people, I think, is a misconception. And so it's, yeah. a, it's a non sequitur. It's a yeah. non-starting point. So, And like you said, this could, could be a whole podcast. <clears throat> but, you know, as a Christ follower, when we go through difficult things, we can have, you know, different ways we approach it. You can approach it with, why is this happening to me? You know, like you said, I tithe, I do all the things I feel like I should do. Mm-hmm. Why are bad things happening to me? Or you can approach it, how does God want to use this in my life right. to draw me closer to him, to uh, be a witness to those around me? How, how is God going to use this? I think of uh, Job when I think about that. You know, uh, The Bible tells us that uh, Job was uh, living for the Lord. And he went through a, a lot of affliction, um, not because of anything that he was doing wrong, but uh, it's just how yeah, it's just yeah. how it how it was. And God is sovereign, yeah. Man, yes, yeah. And yeah. and you know, God may be you you may you may be listening and going through something right now that you just don't understand. And um, you know, God God will use that one way or another. Um, you may not see it until. Uh, you get to heaven, uh, but or you might. I mean, we just don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. we do know that God will use it uh, either to grow right. you or to uh, um, to use you in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that becomes a question. Lord, how are you going to use this yeah. in my life? Yeah. Well, okay, so those are some unbiblical, and there are plenty of, there's not just nine, there's yeah. plenty of these. But since the topic is on the Holy Spirit, what might be some unbiblical things um, that are sometimes taught about the Holy Spirit? You know, these things are that are not in the Bible but are taught, or maybe snippet in the Bible and are misinterpreted. Um, well, one with the Holy Spirit is obviously tongues. Speaking in tongues, um, I had a friend who. Uh, I remember he was telling me, this was in college, he was telling me when he got saved, um, somebody came up to him and said, well, are you full gospel? And his his response was, uh, well, you, I accepted it all, yeah. And uh, he didn't know what they were talking about. He had, uh-huh. he didn't have any kind of uh, church background. Yeah. And uh, um, I think of like, you hear the, like this phrase, the spirit fell in our mm-hmm. service. And... You know, I, I might know what some people may mean by that was just, you know, they really felt mm-hmm. God speaking to them in the service, and that's fine. I mean, it's feeling the Holy Spirit speak to you in the service, that's fine. But there is a, a, a group of uh, of believers, I guess, that would mm-hmm. equate that of, as, you know, we all fell on the floor and we're having look like what looks like seizures mm-hmm. uh, falling out and look like a flopping fish yeah, on the right. deck of a boat. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't find that in in the word. Right. I, did I ever, did I ever share that story on the being slain in the spirit? I think I did, didn't I? On here? I don't know if you have. Yeah. I know you shared it with me. I don't know if you have on here. Share it again. I'll, I'll share it again. Um, the Lord forgive me if, <laughs> if this, if this is, Inappropriate. I don't think it is, but um, and it may be, have been on one of the. 
it may have been on the end of the podcast we did with the demons and angels and demons. But I'm going to share it, okay, because this is what I would consider wackadoo in terms of radical over-sensationalizing the, the Holy Spirit. So my wife and I were uh, invited to a revival service, and it was a denomination that speaks in tongues and you know, the slain in the spirit and those type things. And we decided we were going to go. This is before we really got tied into a, a, what I consider to be an orthodox Bible-believing church. And so we go into the, the church, and revival had been going on for a month. And we we're like, well, that's pretty cool. Let's see what this is about. And so we went in, and all of a sudden people were speaking in tongues. And, you know, I, I grew up in that, so it really wasn't, too off the wall, but then all of a sudden, these some ladies came up to the front and were giving birth to spiritual babies on the altar, like labor pains and all that. And there was a, um, you know, a lady uh, that was trying to help deliver that. It was just whack, and and so the service went on, and I'm like, okay, what's next, <laughs> you know? And so this prophetess was prophesying over people. And she was walking down the aisle, and she walked up to this guy and said, you're watching too much television. You need to, you know, those type things. And I'm like, she probably just looked at this man and saw his physique and just assumed that he watches TV all the time. But anyway, so she starts walking down the aisle, and she's laying her hands on people, and they're falling out. Well, Tracy and I, we're in the aisle, and we can't get back in. We're like, oh, no. So she's coming down, she's laying her hands on people, and they're falling out. And uh, one person in front of me, man, he fell out, and she came up to me, and no lie, my thought was, well, everyone else is doing it, I might as well too. And she put her hand on me, and I fell out. <laughs> and I laid there, and I'm just, okay, when do I get up? And uh, like again, Lord, forgive me if I'm wrong for this, but the guy got over me, and he was like trying to teach me how to speak in tongues, and and by the way, I'm a believer at this time. I mean, I I have been teaching in a Sunday school class and started preaching a little bit. And so I'm a believer at this time. And I didn't, I don't know, not want to offend or just stand up and call it out right in the middle. But this guy got over me. He was like, okay, now just loosen your lips. Okay, let it flow off your tongue. He's trying to give me lessons how to speak in tongues. Now, if I was to first survey the Scripture to find that, I don't. I think I would be hard pressed to come anywhere near any of that. Yeah. And, and you know that, and that falls under the topic of the Holy Spirit because um, they would say that that would be a spirit-filled mm-hmm. right. uh, service. Yeah, and that's how that would be described. In fact, some of that group would say that Southern Baptists are lacking in the Holy Spirit because we don't teach on it like that. But yeah. actually. I don't want to say more. It's more honoring to view the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go, maybe not so much there, but I heard one Pentecostal say that the Southern Baptists are like a gun. Okay, they got the ammo, but the barrel is empty. And I'm like, whatever that means, you know, that we're lacking the spiritual fire is what he was basically saying. And I don't agree with that because... I think it's more uh, honoring to the Holy Spirit to 
well, take the word as it is being inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to swing from the chandeliers to be spirit filled. Right. And, and, you know, maybe some of that comes from our culture being experience driven. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we, we're, we're not trying to offend. I, yeah. I've got some brothers and sisters in the Pentecostal church that I love to this day. So we're not trying to offend. Uh, but the, just that particular branch, I guess, of Pentecostalism right. was just over the top and radical. And there, there is a, a, um, a faction of that that would say anyone who uh, doesn't speak in tongues, doesn't experience that, is lost. And, yeah, and, and, and that's the apostolic you know, church. And, and I, w- I would say that that crosses the line mm-hmm. of, of heresy. Yeah. Um, to Well, I mean, obviously, if, if that's the case, then you're basing some salvation, mm-hmm. some works on the salvation. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the apostolic, the modern, what they would consider yeah. the modern denomination would say, well, if you don't come up out the water... Speaking in tongues, and you're not genuinely saved, then yeah, I have issue yeah. with that. So, yeah. anyway, those are just a couple of things we wanted to um, just think about. Some comical, some not so much. Um, but uh, the topic, of the Holy Spirit, is, and you can imagine, and we talked about this last episode, why there is such a um, lack of teaching is because of things uh, like that, misunderstandings or. Uh, you know, trying to uh, place things on the Holy Spirit that aren't nece- necessarily true, or trying to see the modern church like the ap- the true apostolic church, the gift of tongues and healing and those type things. And I would say, if we were hard if we were hard pressed and asked the question, I think that knowing you, I can't speak for you, but myself, we were kind of lightly seasoned cessationists would believe that the miracles have ceased, at least the apostolic miracles in that sense have ceased um, in, in, in regard of the way that we see it in Acts, in the book of Acts. Uh, I do believe in miracles still, um, but the way they operated under the apostles are certainly not the same right. as today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the list here, I'm going to read them. Um, Mm-hmm. And maybe we can visit some of these in the future, because, uh, like I said, as we've started to go through just one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first one is God helps those who help themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I've heard that one. Yeah. Um, so that statement is uh, really kind of, if you're not careful with that statement is Ugh. contrary to everything mm-hmm. the gospel teaches. That's a mm-hmm. self-centered statement if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, God wants me to be happy. We talked about that. We are all God's children. Um, you know, I think these are some things we definitely can discuss in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that when you say we are all God's children? We're all created by God or we're all in the family of God? We're all believers no matter what. I mean, there's yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff we can talk. Borderlines universalism. Cleanly, yeah. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I actually heard a person, at, I hate to say this. because <laughs> Say it. We'll uh, call it out. I actually heard a person <laughs> who was a uh, kind of a big wig where I went to college use this phrase. And we, yeah. were, all, we were all like, he's not there anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, I, uh-huh. There was... He he's not there, and it didn't end pretty. And that's all I'm gonna say. But uh, when he said that, a lot of us ministry students were like, 
Wait, you're in a seminary. What, what, what he say? <laughs> yeah. God won't give you more than you can handle. I've heard that one. Um, yep. You know, I think that one is a, a mis yes. uh, um, mm-hmm. a misquote or mis yeah. uh, saying this idea that mm-hmm. is biblical of you know God won't uh, let you be tempted beyond. Yeah, right. You know, right. But uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. The way that that is used today mm-hmm. is certainly yeah. You, know, you know, and and thinking about that, it is what it's actually what the Lord, well what the Lord will handle or bring you through. I don't know. Any yeah, well, th- I mean, think that. about it like this. Think of just one little comment on that. God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. The number one problem in your life when you were born, you cannot handle, and that's sin. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat when you're born, you, uh, your sin, uh, you can't handle it. Right. Uh, so right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, there's I've a lot, heard, yeah. I've there's a lot more, a yeah. lot more to it than that. We, maybe we can talk through these one day. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen to good people. We talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, when you die, God gains another angel. You know, that's definitely not biblical. Yeah, and, you see that on Facebook yeah, all the time. On, face, you, on Facebook, you'll see people say God gained another angle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obtuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if 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 you've done that on social media, um. I'm just we're. we're uh, uh, I was. I will say this. Let me. Let me say yeah. this. Many of these, I've said in my life mm-hmm. before I studied the scripture more. Right. Right. So I, we don't want to come across judgmental. Yeah. No. No. But we do want to put. You know, that like we said, the importance of learning and and staying mm-hmm. in the Word and growing in in what you know. Uh, about God and and, and your yeah. walk with the and Lord. And I think we important. talked about that too on the Angels and Demons podcast that we did um, about that that idea yeah. of of forming a theology uh, around the afterlife, spe- uh, particularly about our loved ones, to bring us comfort yeah. uh, instead of the word being the comfort. And it's a, it's a nice thought, I guess. Um, you know that I guess it, I don't know a nice thought to think of mama or daddy as an angel but what's better to be an angel in heaven or to be one of the redeemed in Christ and I think really we're kind of missing that it's better actually be redeemed in the presence of Christ so anyway those those are just a few that we thought was um, was was worth uh, just thinking through some of them in a way all right, well, we are going to sip on the coffee, which is, what's our coffee today? Our coffee today is from Kenya. Um, it is the uh, Kenyan Organic, and it comes from the, and it'll be on the screen here, mm-hmm. the Murari, Murari Estate, M-U-I-R-I Estate in Kenya. And we will talk a little more about it at the end, uh, maybe mm-hmm. some flavor notes and give yeah, it a rating yeah. and all of that. Okay, uh, okay. This is a medium roast today uh, right. from Kenya. Okay, cool. So stick around. We're going to dig into some verses, some particular verses on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is what our Presbyterian friends and brothers use as their document, much like we would use the Baptist Faith and Message. And so we're going to um, we're going to talk about a few verses and. Uh, 
just to just examine some scripture in just a, a few moments. So stick around, and uh, we'll jump right into that. All right. So we surveyed the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is um, what our uh, Presbyterian brothers uh, use, kind of as a creedal document, uh, much like we would use the Baptist Faith and Message uh, for systematic theology. And we surveyed a bit of the Confession of Faith, particularly on the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a few things that I, I think just kind of stand out here, things that we've already talked about. And we mentioned earlier that um, on the aspect of uh, miracles and the continuation of miracles and whether or not they do continue. And I believe the Confession of Faith here helps us out on that. Um because it says on part of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, third person of the Godhead, um, proceeding from the Father and the Son. We, we talked about that earlier. But it, then it says, the nature of continuing revelation has ceased after the apostolic era. So we would say there is no more new special revelation. So we would say that, and why? Because due to the sufficiency of Scripture and the ongoing ministry of the Spirit to guide us to all truth. Yeah, and if you want to refresh yourself on special revelation, go back to season one. We mm-hmm. we did a podcast on revelation and also one on the Scriptures, which are uh, yep. um, you know pretty, uh, I wouldn't say completely comprehensive, but we do go through um, you know what what special revelation is. In other words, uh, um, God has given us everything we need to know about him and who he is and how he works in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the sufficiency of scripture means. And I would say to that, uh, if you hear someone say a phrase like, God told me, and then fill in the blank, God told me this thing, this new idea, um, a big red flag should go up, or um, at least a caution flag. Um, the Spirit does speak to us, and the Spirit leads us. Um, so if we say, you know, God told me I need to share my faith, uh, I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. That lines up with Scripture. That, you know, that's a way of saying the Spirit has led me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to say, God told me this new word, and it changes or it goes against something that Scripture teaches, mm-hmm. Um, or even adds to it something that's right. not there. Um, this, when you hear that phrase, God told me, a red flag needs to come up to where it at least needs to be evaluated mm-hmm. with the Scripture. Right. So in pastoral ministry, um, sometimes you hear people say things when you're counseling that are not biblical at all, uh, such as people would say when in premarital counseling, well, the Lord told me that I need to divorce he or she. And I don't know if the Lord told you to do that um, audibly, as they would say. And searching Scripture, I think that the Lord would rather have forgiveness and reconciliation. Anyway, the point being is that you hear things sometimes said of the Holy Spirit that is not true, and um, that's a very dangerous thing, Uh, especially if you look at Scripture itself uh, that talks of the prophets and those who say things that God has not said or put words in the mouth of, of the Lord, and uh, be very, very careful. And um, So, yeah, we hold high the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, 
looking through the confession, it says that it is through the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed to the Word. It is through this inward illumination that all those who are ordained to eternal life, the Holy Spirit is able to make them willing and able to believe. And basically, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, changes our will and our desires and gives us the ability to believe uh, things that we just we can't do on our own. We don't have the will to follow God on our own. We certainly don't have the will in our own free will to step to God in saving in saving grace. We can't even believe on the Lord rightly unless God does that work. And, and I believe that's what it, this confession is yeah. is saying, John 6, 44 through 45. And yeah, John 6, 44 says, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent right. me draws draws them, and mm-hmm. I will raise them up on the last day. Yep. So, you know, that that is a uh, very clear uh, teaching of Scripture that we, we don't come to Christ on our own. Um, the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Father through the Holy Spirit, draws us to Him. I may even think of verses, uh, verses that are popular in sharing your faith. Uh, Romans five eight. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for mm-hmm. us. You know, there's the implication there. We were as far from God as we could, but we did nothing to come toward mm-hmm. Him. While we were still in our sin, um, He did the work, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and that carries over to um, the salvation experience that. The Holy Spirit quickens our heart, convicts mm-hmm. us of our sin, convinces us, and changes our heart. Yep. That's right. Okay, well, let's think about some verses. Um, um, the Westminster Confession of Faith can be found on online. Most any Presbyterian church, you'll find it on their website. Um, these, these documents are online, um, particularly um, the, the, the Confession of Faith. You can find the Baptist Faith and Message, every edition online, the 63 to 2000. You can find any edition online, too, uh, about certain systematic um, theology topics as well. Uh, but let's, uh, let's think through a couple of scriptures. Let's think of maybe two verses um, about the Holy Spirit, um, thing, uh, maybe some verses that might... So if you were to explain to somebody the work of the Holy Spirit, what two verses would be your go-to verses. So, you know, for one thing, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to try to catalog, you know, a, a 45-minute discussion on the Holy Spirit, especially to somebody who doesn't, who's an unbeliever. If you had to condense it down into two verses on the work of the Holy Spirit, what what verses would, what verses would you, what come to mind? Well, uh, obviously John, uh, where Jesus is... Uh, Promising the Comforter, the Advocate, mm-hmm. uh, John uh, chapter. I'm about to cheat. Chapter 14 here, <laughs> and uh, um, chapter 14, verse 16. He says, uh, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you, and be with you forever. And you know, this is uh, when Jesus is is really beginning to prepare uh, the the disciples for. His departure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's telling them, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. Um, you know, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Um, and then he continues on and, and tells of the promised 
comforter or advocate uh, who we know mm-hmm. as the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 of John 14 says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And that's such a great verse if you had one verse to talk about what the Holy Spirit, what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit um, is the one who speaks to us and directs us. Um, he's, you know, God himself speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Um, he speaks to us. It says, I, it says, the Father will send in my name. Mm-hmm. He will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything I have said to you. And one practical way that I know I've experienced many times in my life is when I've had people ask me questions um, about the faith or in sharing my faith, talking to people about um, the scriptures or about Christ, where I will have memory of oh, yeah. stuff I've read mm-hmm. where I really shouldn't remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember other things. I don't, I don't pull from other things I've mm-hmm. read or seen in conversation um, like I have at times when talking, when having spiritual conversations. And, you know, I know that's the Holy Spirit doing exactly that, um, reminding me of everything that I have learned um, through going to church, Mm -hmm. being in the Word, uh, contemplating biblical things over my lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just a, a way that I can look back. And I've had times before where in the middle of talking, I was like just kind of thinking, how did I, how, how did I, I remember that? <laughs> yeah. I, I read that a yeah. long time, a long time mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember plenty of times when you, when you um, preach every Sunday or any time you preach, I'm, I'm probably my own worst critic. So I'll go back and listen and be like, oh. Sometimes I'll say a word, and I'm like, man, I can't believe I said that. I misquoted something here, used the wrong word here, or whatever. And, But sometimes I'll listen, I'm like, man, what in the world? Where'd that come from? Yeah. You know, it certainly weren't me. Um, and, you know, I'm like, well, you know. And, yeah, so that that's good. Um, I always think of, I think of, Second John, I mean, First John chapter 2, in light of the work of Jesus as advocate. But there's also the sense of the Holy Spirit as being that advocate. And so John 15, 26, advocate as comforter. I believe the word there uses paraclete, I believe that's the word. Um, that says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And I may have shared this uh, with, I think I've shared it with her, with the folks here, but I remember this fellow one time I was preaching, and uh, this guy, I don't think he, I mean, he he was definitely listening to the things I said, but then after I, I finished preaching, he came up, he said, I don't know what it was, but I just knew that the words that you were saying were true. And I'm like, well, that's, the Holy Spirit, you know, revealing to you the words uh, or the truth of who Jesus is, who testify about me, the Lord Jesus says. So John 15, 26 is one of those verses that just kind of affirms, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal who, who Jesus is 
and who you are as a sinner. And uh, I always, you know, that's kind of a, a good example of, of that in my life, seeing how the Holy Spirit um, uses uses a testimony, you know, to to uh, to speak of who Christ is. And if I was to say another verse, um, uh, Ephesians four thirty, that speaks of the Holy Spirit sealing us until the day of redemption. And I believe in that terminology, the Holy Spirit in this sense is almost like a down payment, like you put a down payment on your house. So we are sealed until that day when the Lord will, uh, when we will be with the Lord forever and ever, if you will. Ephesians four thirty. Um, uh, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit seals us as well. So yeah, there's just a couple of verses that... One that, that comes to mind um, when you know talking about the work and the nature of the Holy Spirit, um, I think of Romans 8, and I think maybe we probably oh, yeah. all had times where uh, we were just, you know, in prayer or uh, praying for something or having mm-hmm. a time in our life where we just didn't really even know how to articulate what was on our heart or or even how to cry out to God. But we know through going through those times of prayer um, that mm-hmm. we have been in prayer. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I articulate this well, but the, I think the verse here will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Romans mm-hmm. eight twenty six says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for the Christ follower, that we all have times where maybe we're going through something really tough, or we maybe we have loved ones who we are uh, praying for, and we're just you know praying out of the depth mm-hmm. of our heart, and we just don't even know don't how to to, pray. to right. do it. Yeah. And but then once we have. Uh, we know that the spirit was was mm-hmm. kind of interworking yeah, yeah. through that, right? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, we would love to hear what your favorite verse might be. Um, you can uh, send us an email at caffeinated theology number one at gmail dot com and uh, share with us your favorite uh, Bible verse on the Holy Spirit or some questions that you might have. Uh, maybe you don't agree with some of the things that we said. Uh, we certainly don't want to exchange over uh, the format, uh, particularly for YouTube, or um, we don't we don't want an ongoing debate over that. But we do want some discussion. If you have anything that you would like to discuss, and we will we'll email you back best we can. Um, so again, that's caffeinated theology number one at gmail dot com. Before we close out, um, let's uh, let's talk about the the Kenyan organic uh, coffee. What is what do you got for us on the, the notes and so forth on that? Today's bean is the Kenyan Organic Muri Estate, and um, it comes from Coffee Bean Corral, uh, which is where a lot of the coffee I get comes from. Um, so one of the things that I like to do with uh, the green coffee beans is I have my coffee, my one that I really like, mm-hmm. which is the uh, organic Ethiopian um, Guji one that we reviewed last time. Um, I really like that one. That's my go-to. But when I order it, 
one of the things with coffee bean corral, you can order a half half pound bag sample or one pound bag, three pounds, five pounds, ten pounds, twenty five pounds, and fifty pounds. Um, I typically order a three pound bag at a time. Um, that's usually around twenty five to thirty dollars, depending on the bean. Um, I have ordered the five pound before, uh, but what I like to do is order a three pound bag. And then I order another one pound of something else um, just to try, you know, different beans. Um, I may find something I like better, uh, but if for no other reason, just to have a little variety. Mm-hmm. And this Kenyan organic coffee uh, was the one that I recently ordered. Uh, I picked the organic because we've had such a great experience with the uh, Ethiopian organic. And it, again, roasted really well and evenly. Uh, it did have a little more chaff than the Ethiopian, but it came off really nicely. Uh, read a couple of, of notes on this. Uh, Kenya is famed within the coffee industry for producing some of the best coffees in the world. Um, this Kenyan coffee bean um, is from the uh, Ruri, R-U-I-R-U, um, and it's a, it comes from 11 varieties and is described as having a berry or citrus flavor. Uh, it says, timely and selective hand-picking is carried out um, on site at the wet mill uh, with cherries delivered to the mill to be wet processed the same day they are picked. Sun drying is done before delivery of the coffee to the dry mill for secondary processing. The cupping notes are balanced and complex with notes of plum, citrus, and honey. Um, the Muri estate features floral qualities, a chocolate, a chocolate-toned body with a strawberry, almost wine-like acidity that merged to produce a vibrant, full-bodied version of the great, high-quality Kenyan profile. I don't know if I got all of that out of it. <laughs> no. Um, I well, did, I'm going to tell you, to be honest... Um, I almost need a second cup, but yeah. but it um um I got a bit of a earthy yeah vibe. But, yeah. Uh, I I I could get a little bit of the uh, the citrus notes in it. We we brewed this today mm-hmm. with pour over, and I didn't get as much of it as I have at home with the Aeropress. Uh, brewing it in the Aeropress, it definitely has the uh, the citrus. I, I taste the strawberry. Mm-hmm. In the Aeropress. Um, I have one last sip. <laughs> and it, and it's definitely, the pour over is a bit more earthy. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, I think that's that's know. par for the course for, yeah. for a pour over. Though. But I would give this bean probably a four out of five. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. About four. Um, I, again, I, I need another cup. I press it. Maybe we'll press it with the air you know, press. I, I'm going to roast it again. One of the, the things I'm noticing in the comments for this particular bean is that it has a very different flavor profile based off of light, medium, to dark roast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was a medium. I think the next one I'm going to do is light. Yeah. And I, th- I have yeah. just enough yeah. to do the last one dark. Mm-hmm. So well, you, I'm going to attempt to do the first one light. Sometimes, sometimes uh, it's tough. Sometimes yeah. it's tough. So if yeah. I miss the light, I'll just go let it go to the mm-hmm. dark. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we have been uh, we've kind of been thinking uh, also if um, anyone is interested in some some apparel, t-shirts, so forth. Let us know. You see that we often drink from our caffeinated theology mugs. You know, got the sticker on the table. Uh, but uh, we are also thinking uh, about uh, putting out a you know a shirt, t-shirt to kind of get the, you know, podcast underway a little bit. And if you would like a T-shirt, um, I don't know what we'll charge on it. We haven't got that far yet, but. Well, we ain't going to try to make money off of no, it. No, we're not. Yeah, Whatever but, it costs us. So Yeah. So if you would like a T-shirt, uh, uh, shoot us a message. Caffeinatedtheology1 at gmail.com. Be on the screen. And uh, hit us up, and we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with some apparel t-shirt or whatever it might be and uh, just let us know hope you enjoy the podcast today on the holy spirit uh next episode um we'll dive into the work of the holy spirit in the act of regeneration and uh, what role does the holy spirit play in what does he play in um changing a believer uh changing their spiritual nature from death to life and so we'll talk about that next next week and Maybe we'll get around one episode to doing the three things that we like, which is theology, coffee, and fishing. So yeah, that'd be great. We'll try to, maybe in a future episode, we'll we'll try to line that up. And also, uh, if you'd like to be a guest on, yeah, on the yeah. podcast, uh, we, we've enjoyed over the past uh, two seasons having mm-hmm. some of our friends and, and different guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be on here... Uh, Send us an email again, caffeinatedtheology1 yeah. at gmail.com, and yeah. uh, we'll get with you and talk to you about being on the podcast. All right. Till next time, grab a good cup of coffee, sit down with some caffeinated theology. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for joining us, and we hope today's discussion has encouraged and challenged you. Please join us again next week as we discuss biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee.